0: Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris, and I am so glad you have joined me for another episode of the show to talk about what it looks like to grow and operate e-commerce businesses profitably. And uh, this week on the show, I want to talk. I want to follow up on a comment I made in the episode I did with Taylor Holiday, where we talked about our big leadership mistakes, and I want to think a little bit about management and process, um, re- reflecting more on what I have experienced as a leader in terms of building process and management and doing so poorly. Um, And then what I've also seen from a range of companies that I've worked with over time in terms of all the different ways companies exist relative to process, especially in the midst of growth um, and management. And so um, a few reflections on that today. My hope here is to help you really think about um, what it looks like to lead a team all in the same direction that is hard work, but that's what great management is, Um, and a few observations I've picked up from watching really good and and being a pretty poor, I think, manager, um, and and that's an area where I I see myself wanting to get better as I continue to work in organizations, and uh, I'm sure I'm not alone. So, hang in, let's talk about what it looks like to manage a business uh, and a team uh, towards one goal. So as I said in the intro, um, you know, I just know that um, we, we talk. Well, we talk all the time. Not as I said in the intro, but we talk all the time about growth um, tactics and a lot, a lot of focus on this show in particular on sort of marketing strategy, marketing tactics, and you know that's because that's where I spend a lot of my time and and a lot of my brain, and, and still is really where I spend the majority of my time thinking about, it, and even more so now in a freelance kind of role, um, but. Um, you can have all the great marketing tactic ideas in the world. And in fact, um, one of the consequences of, of them working and growing, one of the consequences of that is that your organization will theoretically grow, um, in time. And what I have watched happen in, uh, what I've experienced personally is that as an organization grows, the, the processes and the team become harder to manage, um, and uh, a large organization is, has more complexity, and you need to formalize and build process around things that once you did not. And this, I just want to put my finger on this for a moment that what I'm talking about on this episode of the show um, around managing teams and really managing teams all towards one direction, I, I think of specifically in the context of growing organizations and growing teams. Because what I've What I've I've personally experienced and what I've seen in other places is that growing teams have real growing pains around how to take the DNA of what they were and what is making them grow and get it to go all the way through um, a larger larger group that's getting larger to do that efficiently and effectively. Uh, It's not easy and it happens under your nose without you realizing it. So you go from 10 people to 20, you go from five people to 10. um, That changes the dynamic of, of how a team operates, and especially when you now start talking about going to 50 and 100 or whatever it is, um, that all of those things create different organizational realities that um, need to get handled with uh, different management skills. And honestly, great management, great team management and team leadership uh, is in the early days is really, in my experience, not about primarily great process. In the earliest days of a company, or, or really any organization, any team I've been on, if you're, if you're with a team of, you know, five or less or whatever, um, everybody is up in everybody's business. I've used this analogy before. I heard it a long time ago. It's not mine originally, but, um, you know, at that stage of business, business works like golfing buddies, um, where everybody pa- pauses and looks at everybody else's shot, you know, four people go out and they play together. And one, one, one guy or one gal shoots, and uh, and then everybody just kind of stands and watches them shoot and says, good job, and then they shoot, and then everybody says, good job, or, you know, hey, you didn't do great there, let's help you, whatever it is, right? Uh, and that's what the early stage of a business is, is like. Not that everybody's actually pausing for everything, but everybody is talking and interacting, and you don't really need great process. What you mostly need at that stage is high-quality people, um, both in terms of solving the problems, like high-quality people, um, strategic people, but also people you just want to spend a lot of time with. I mean, to to continue the golf analogy at that stage of business, like (laughs) if you, if you, if you are, uh, if you're on the golf course with somebody and you don't like them, well, you're going to be out there for five hours or whatever, however long golf takes, you know, three hours and I haven't played golf in a while. Um, and, and how, however, you know, and you're going to see each other a lot and you're going to ride in a cart together or walk together or whatever. And if you don't like those people, it's not going to be that fun. So in the early stages, like character and integrity and um, the ability to interact as humans ends up being like sort of the most important thing. Um, it's only as you start adding people and complexity to things and you start narrowing skill sets a little bit more that now you need more process. So the, the next move on a team goes from golf to basketball where, you know, basketball team is 12 people um, and on a basketball team, you know, maybe at that point, like, uh, there's a little more specialization. There's people who are more rebounders, and there's people, and everybody runs up and down the court together, you know. And there's people who are more three point shooters than others, but 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 everybody at some point can get a rebound. Everybody at some point can can shoot. Everybody at some point can go to the basket. Um, and and so there's there's increased specialization, increased differentiation, less up in each other's shot, but still, and and you need plays. You need to tell people where to go. You need to start being able to move those things uh, around some. But everybody knows each other still. It's a fairly tight-knit group, and if you want to keep some distance from one member of the team, you know, if there's 12 folks, like, you can you can get some distance from them. You don't have to be all up in all the time. You can deal with people you don't like as much, but there's still a camaraderie element, and so it begins to combine these two elements of process and sort of building playbooks uh, with um, sort of improvisation that comes from sort of knowing each other in, in character, and, I, and I've watched that happen as well, right? So the team starts to grow there. Now, eventually though, you move to a football team where people like probably don't even know each other. You are not moving with another player in the same way. Everybody has a special assignment. You have a play, you are running, and no matter what the other guy on the team does, you have to go run your route. If you're a receiver, you have to go block your guy if you're an offensive player. And there's much less improvisation if you, if, Uh, I mean, I don't know. I didn't play football, but, but you get the idea, Uh, you get the idea, right? And now there's much more process building and there's a playbook and the, and when a quarterback gets drafted or gets on a new team, the first thing they have to do is memorize the playbook. They have to know every play and internalize it. And so when you say the thing to do, there you go, which means you have to do a great job developing a playbook. And management changes too. By the way, at this point, you go from having you know one or two coaches to you know a couple of maybe one or two assistants as well to like specialized coaches for every position. Uh, you know, a kicker. Uh, maybe there's a special teams coach and a quarterback coach and a and a linebackers coach and a offensive line coach and all of these people who are really helping each person with a head coach at the top building the whole thing out. Okay. The thing is now this analogy breaks down because you don't actually change sports when you're playing this, when you're doing some business. But as teams make those moves, what I've watched happen is that it's really hard to realize that you're doing it in real time. Suddenly you're not up in each other's shot as much anymore. Like you are in golf. Um, and ex- except you don't really realize it's happening because maybe you're still in the same office if you're not remote or, or um, you know, you're still in the same Slack group or whatever it is. And, uh, and, 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 over time you realize, well, I don't actually interact with that person quite that way anymore. huh? That's, that's interesting. Um, and now you need to know what that person is doing still, but you' inter- but you're not rubbing shoulders with them. You can't paper over process problems by rubbing shoulders and just tapping somebody and going like, "Hey, wh- what are you doing over here? I- can we just talk about this really fast?" doesn't work that way. You actually need processes and, and what I would, and I would say like you start to need KPIs. And especially again, as you move towards the football team, something like that. Right. Um, and, and I have now watched this, um, across a lot of entrepreneurs because I've been around some people now who have grown their businesses over a long period of time, um, and been in growing organizations. Right. I saw this at four by four hundred and ways that I did it poorly. When I started at CTC, I was the, um, I was really the, I was like the seventh or eighth employee overall. And the, and was the second strategist, second ad strategist besides Taylor. So Taylor split his clients in half. Um, you know, in those days of client services, it's, it's, it's almost like a glorified freelancer. He's doing the actual work in the accounts, um, you know, and that's how you establish an agency most times. And then he's, you know, hiring me as his first sort of strategist alongside him to start taking some of those accounts. And now he splits them up. And now we're talking about how this works. Um, but the team is still relatively small. Well, CTC now is, you know, over hundred employees. And so what we were doing back then, and by the way, it's remote and it wasn't an office. All of this stuff is only more pronounced if you're remote. Uh, and, uh, and so, so as those have grown, I've watched the organization struggle with process building along that way. It's really, really different. And I've seen this for e-com brands as well where companies grow and um, and it's just hard to know whose job is what. And people are left out of things. And if you don't have a clear process for it, it's a challenge. So I want to reflect on a few areas that I see being Really important here um, in terms of what I've seen work well in management and what needs to what needs to happen as teams grow. The first of those is clear goals at the top. And again, it's something I referenced in the intro and in the um, and in the episode I did with Taylor about CEO mistakes, leadership mistakes. Um, I'll say I I did a really poor job as a CEO of of setting clear company wide goals, saying this is where we are going this year, this quarter, etc giving updates on where those goals, where we were at relative to those goals and um, and making everybody really understand what the point of those things were. I just did a really poor job of that. Um, and, and part of the thing is if you don't have a clear process for determining those goals, it can be really hard to set them. Um, I don't even think the point of goals really is to be right. It's to give you a clear direction and to organize people around all pulling on the same side of something. Um, you may change them in certain times for all kinds of reasons, and uh, and you may ch- you change how you manage people relative to them. But having those clear goals is its own challenge, um, and and creating a process to build those clear goals is a challenge. But you need them. I, I just haven't seen many organizations run effectively without them. I know one. I know one. I know one, um, I know one um, leader who told me that he just really doesn't like to. To work against goals like that. And I would say this reflected in his company. His company is doing very well, um, but it's also not a company where he's trying to take it to a very clear certain place and therefore less clear goals and, you know, smaller, like a sort of more freedom, less defined roles for his team, maybe works for him a little bit better. Uh, but he's, but there isn't quite as much of a focus on growth in that organization, so far as I can tell, um, and so maybe maybe that's maybe those two things are connected. I don't know. Maybe it's just a style thing. I'm not sure. But for for the vast majority of people, you've got to have some kind of clear goal at the top that people can go aim at. Because now, if you have a clear goal, now everybody's job in the company in some way um, is defined relative to that goal. So it you know if the goal is I don't know a million dollars in profit or ten million in revenue. Huh, I just yawned. Gosh, I have small children. Everybody have very small children. Um, <laughs> 10 million in revenue, um, or, you know, 50 million in revenue or whatever it is. And, and now everybody can start to think about what their part in that is. And that leads to this, this second thing, right? Um, which is, um, once you've got those goals, you really need, KPIs that ladder to those goals and that people understand how their job relates to those goals via something like a KPI. What is it that ladders up to it? So if you're working on an email for a brand, you know, maybe it's like email, um, total email revenue or revenue per send or, um, revenue per email address in your list, um, you know, maybe it's list growth. Like, there's just all kinds of things that you could say that are part of that. Maybe there's a couple of KPIs you give relative to that, but in some way that goal has to ad- connect back up to um, this larger thing. And here's the thing: each employee who's part of that needs a combination of two things that need to be connected directly to uh, allow them to be effective in that role, and they need to understand this deeply. And those two things are responsibility and accountability. And when you divorce those, it's a problem. So and I've watched this happen in all kinds of organizations, that people who have um, responsibility for something don't actually have any accountability to it. So it's their job, but they're not held accountable to it. Um, you know, and that's a weird mix when that happens because then people just kind of go like throw their weight around. It's typically a higher level leadership problem that people like have all this responsibility for this thing and they end up sort of like, stepping on lower level employees than them because they have this responsibility for it. But then when things go wrong, the the lower level employees get blamed and they have all the accountability. So the the higher level leader has this responsibility for something, but they don't have enough accountability for it. And so it creates this problem. And, um, and so they end up kind of getting in the weeds of other people's work. Right. And you, you can just track this in your organization and see what happens. Just ask yourself the question, do the people with the responsibility have the accountability and do the people with the accountability have the responsibility? Okay, and I've watched this, and that's actually the worst place to be as an employee. If you have accountability for something for which you have no responsibility or authority uh, to to make it move, that is that's that's like the I got to get out of here situation. You've got all this accountability, but you don't have the responsibility for it, Um, and or or, or you don't have the and you don't have the authority for it, and that creates a really big problem. So now, once you've got those top goals, you've got to figure out some way to to connect responsibility and authority. And I sat. uh, and to me, this becomes like this this crucial element of of how lower level employees in particular uh, and and managers and not just lower level, everybody, everybody in the organization starts to connect their day-to-day work to a direction the company is going. Because now if you've connected their uh, responsibility, if you've given people responsibility and accountability, both towards a goal, now their managers can manage them towards an agreed upon commitment, which is important. Um their managers themselves now have um, responsibility and authority to get the most out of their employees in certain ways. And it becomes incumbent on them to actually manage them well and to help them and support them in the ways that they need. And then up to executive level leadership, where if their whole department is going wrong, well, then maybe then you have to look to that person and say, well, they are the person who's responsible for it. And they're the person who's accountable for it. Um, And at higher and higher levels towards higher um, bigger chunks of the company wide goals. So if the goal is $50 million in, in revenue, and you've got somebody who's your, uh, let's say it's 50 million in revenue and 5 million in profit. I don't know. Right. I uh, just, just absolutely made those numbers up. Okay. 50 million in revenue, 5 million profit, right? Well, so maybe that profit goal, if you're, if you're, uh, on the, um, supply chain side of the business or something like that, your little, your part of that is about, um, is about, uh, getting, uh, establishing, uh, hitting a certain gross margin across the organization, you know? Or maybe it's like, maybe it's like um, negotiating, um, negotiating uh, with your manufacturer to get cheaper rates on some product that, that they're producing for you, okay? Some, something like that, right? Well, so maybe an individual who is um, handling one part of that process, or maybe it's maybe it's somebody working with your fulfillment services, the person who's in charge of fulfillment in your business, they end up uh, having to, negotiate with USPS or whatever it is. And they have this one little thing where they've got this this, this one little snippet of it. That might be their little part of the business. But, the, but at the top, there's somebody who's the head of your supply chain who's in charge of sort of bringing all those people together. And maybe their accountability at the end of this is to get, you know, whatever, 70 points of margin landed across the organization no matter what, and they have to work with other executives to make sure that, that happens, and and so on, right? So the individual contributor who's on the fulfillment or manufacturing side or whatever, they have one little piece of that, and then the larger goal goes up to the executive. So uh, everybody, though, it has some piece or or whatever moving along the way, and maybe that goes all the way down to the person fulfilling orders in your warehouse, right? Where that, that person, their accountability uh, is towards getting a hundred orders out every, I don't know, two hours or whatever. Like I'm not, you know, depending on what kind of product you have, like, and so, and, and that person is, is, uh, rewarded as they're able to do that. And they have the responsibility to do that. And they have the, the accountability towards that goal. And that's how they get judged. Okay. So I, you know, that makes sense. That's not going to be rocket science to a lot of people. But what I have again, watched happen is that as companies grow, they are not clear on those things. They're not clear on how each new contributor plays a part and what is their KPI and do they actually have the authority to do that? This is another thing that happens as companies grow. And this is the third thing is that um, as you become less and less of an executor and like an individual contributor, right? And more and more of a manager, but you, especially if you grew from an early stage where you had your hands in everything, it can be really hard to change your mentality from I'll do this for you I'll help you figure out how to do this and really be up in the work itself to I'm going to do as good of a job as possible as giving you lower level employee uh, giving you the information you need and then the responsibility and accountability you need to get the job done and I'm gonna actually stay out of your way a little bit and just help coach you and and so on right um, it's it's really hard to do that uh, you, you know because you maybe you're probably if you've been in the company for a while and you're older, whatever, and they're an intro level employee, you're probably better at it than they are. So it's really hard to like keep your hands off of it and go focus on higher value tasks. But those tasks are actually higher value. And so that becomes really important as well. Um, Now, now I say all of this, uh, and I want to just note one other thing, which is that... I am not the first person to think about this. And you can hear, probably in the way that I'm expressing this, that I've watched it happen and I've watched it go wrong and I've watched teams struggle um, with all kinds of stuff because of this. Um but actually, of course, there are lots of uh there are lots of people who've done this before us and who can help with this. And I have now watched a couple of organizations move towards, and I have no financial relationship with uh, EOS, but, I've, but uh, in, in I'm probably not the first person you've heard talk about this. Um, but I've watched a couple of organizations and I've watched them in the stage of implementing EOS, the Entrepreneur's Operating System, right? Um, which is, and I love this idea of an operating system that you put on your business, where the operating system is sort of like a set of processes that you just fill in your particular business with and it helps organize everybody around this idea, you know, EOS has this idea of quarterly rocks and it goes towards this 10 and three and one year goal. And I've now been able to, I've, I've actually never worked in an organization that runs it, but I've i have talked recently with one friend uh, who's an entrepreneur who's just implementing it and he's just talking about how great it has been for his business, how it's helped him get outside of exactly the kinds of things that I'm talking about in this episode. Um, and how um, and how this first, uh, in the first quarter of this year, he's going to miss part of his um his larger term goal. And he says it's because he set the wrong quarterly, um, focus quarterly rocks, which is the way us talks about this. Okay. Um, and, and so as he's implementing that, he's realizing that by, by handling that part, by handling the operating system management process, part of this wrong, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do, which is giving him the wrong output. And it's, it's a reinforcement of the concept that when you build process and when you build sort of, um, uh, when you build clear goals into a system, those goals and those processes really do affect the outcome. So if you build those wrong, it's a problem. So there's problem number one, right? Which is like not having clarity around those things. That would be the, the Andrew Ferris mistake. Uh, number two, though, would be building the wrong ones. And over time, organizations get better at this. Uh, I have sat in meetings, and I just, I just love it, that are run by this sort of uh, EOS style from companies that have been running it for longer, and and it is so helpful to build agenda and clarity and workflow towards what people are doing. Um, so um, so that's a small little plug. Uh, I, you know, again, I've never run it myself, but it's the kind of thing worth looking into. I know um, people also like scaling up as a way of thinking about this, and um, and there's there's other there's other ways. So I, I really don't I actually don't really have an opinion about what the best one is. I just happen to be most familiar with EOS from talking to other imp- Um, entrepreneurs about it. But the, but that basic idea I think is really helpful of an operating system, something you put on your business that gives you process and clarity about how to scale things. Um, because if not, what will happen is this, you will have employees that you have an, an incredible inability to judge whether they are good or not. You're just constantly be building your sense of that off of your sort of internal sense of like just sort of your impression of their work. And by the way, the more remote you are, the less, ac- the, the less and less accurate that is. You don't know what people are doing all day. You can't stand over the shoulder. So you don't even know if you have a good employee. You might be losing or alienating a really high quality employee because they just don't have clarity and you don't know how to judge them, right? Or you might be over promoting somebody who isn't that good, but who has awesome people skills uh, and and isn't actually creating much value for you. Uh, so yeah, so there's, there's like a constant problem there. And that was something I really wrestled with. I didn't know... A lot of the time, whether or not team members of mine were doing a good job, I was stuck constantly trying to figure out, is this person doing what they need to do? And I, you know, I didn't, I, I know, I do know for sure that I didn't have like terrible employees or anything like that. Like the, my team was good, but, um, but I didn't often know how good relative to the goals of where the company was going. And that's my fault, not theirs. It, it is. They're talented people. I was not getting the most out of them by, by giving them clarity to those things. So, uh, so that is a huge problem. You will also lose tons and tons of work in inefficiencies. Things will slip, and 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 people will constantly throw new ideas out, but with no idea on how to handle whether or not to get them done, and and so uh, and so work will kind of move in a million different directions. You will lack focus. All those kinds of things create problems, normal stuff, right? That businesses go through as they try to grow. Um, but some kind of system like that to drive everybody towards the right way ends up being crucial. And it, in fact, and the mistake that I made was thinking, ah, we'll get to it later. We'll get to it later. That's not the most important problem right now. Well, it's a really big problem when you're doing, when you're not doing that stuff. Well, it's a really, really big problem. Uh, because you'll end up wasting time and money and effort on all kinds of things that are not the best use of your time and money and effort. Um, and that creates huge rippling effect, ripple effects all the way through the organization. So as your organization grows, as you see people come on, think about how you are scaling the actual, not only the, the revenue and the marketing tactics and all those things, right? Um, but how are you scaling the team's ability to function effectively and efficiently? That is a crucial question. It's a hard question, but it's a really, really important one so a little outside of my normal purview i think on this episode but um but actually i think one of the things you know when, when running for for 100 part of the the idea here on the show is that i'd be able to give you insights um into um what we were doing what we were experiencing As uh, as a company and from my seat in real time kind of building public mentality. Well, now that I'm back in a role where I'm interfacing with a lot of different clients, you know, at any given time, even just since even just since moving over to my current role, you know, I've interacted with at least five different businesses um, in some kind of professional capacity, plus others that I'm just talking to. Uh, and just and just sort of like friends of mine who I'm interacting with and trading notes with and those sorts of things. So I'm kind of back to a broader perspective again. And it's one of those things that I'm much more attuned to than I was, I think, before making the mistakes that I made at 4 100 in this area. So um, hopefully some help to you. Um, if it is, as always, really, really, really appreciated if you'd rate and review. In fact, whatever you're doing right now, if you like this show, stop, rate, review, share with somebody I would really appreciate it if you've gotten value from that. That would be a way you could provide some value back to us um, on the show. Uh, otherwise, hope everything is well with you and with your business. Have a great week.